seen that. I was just thinking about how much better it's getting every oh, time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, again, with us, we have Dr. Carmen Kolitz. I said again because this is actually take two. Do you know the story behind uh, no, it? No, I don't know the story. You don't tell me anything anymore. No, we just, we broke up for a little moved. bit. You guys moved. Yeah, you got a new address. Uh, I had to stalk you. No, Dr. Car- Carmen, who's with us, is a veterinarian ophthalmologist, correct? Um, and she, uh, uh, she, we'll get into the story with her and Lucy, but I wanted to inter- interview her because she's an absolutely amazing human being. Um, and we did two or three weeks ago. And... Um, we recorded it. It was it was the first time we moved off site to do something. So mm-hmm. we did it in her, in her mm-hmm. backyard. It was oh, great. Cool. Um, it lasted for about forty minutes. And then on the way back from her house, she lives she lives up north here. On the way back, we stopped by my favorite restaurant, Corner Cafe. Shout out to Mr. Barry out there. <laughs> and because I just needed to send an email, so I said, Stephen, let's just stop here. We'll grab a beer and then we'll you know head up, head back. I opened up the uh, computer, wrote my email, and I was like, let's just listen to the audio to see how it is. And it was just like, like scratchy. Oh no! And there, it was just it was messed up beyond all recognition. What do you think happened? We tried to recreate it in this office, and I don't know. I, we don't know. We we tr- it would happen occasionally, but not enough where we could make it happen. So we bought new equipment, and <laughs> and um, but at that point it was that's just if there's a problem, just get new stuff. It couldn't, cor- couldn't have been my house. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. At Corner Cafe, that's no, when I listened to it. That's when I ordered a second beer after <laughs> I was like, this is not good. Um, but we, uh, but it's funny because we stepped up our podcast game because now we have a bigger thing because that's always better, right? Bigger's <laughs> gonna fix it. Um, and we're going into this audio handy dandy recorder. Um, which then we also have audio from the, um, we're recording audio into the camera too, just in case. We're so professional. So, and then we're also on Facebook Live right there. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask us during this uh, regarding um, your pets uh, or, you know, your pet's eyes, um, we will, uh, and if we ask it live on air, we'll send you a free bag of Lucy's Brew. So uh, so speaking of, so speaking of Lucy. Yeah, it's really good. It is good. It, really is. <laughs> it is good. Um, so speaking of Lucy, that's how I actually met Dr. Carmen. Um, it was about a year ago. We were just talking about this, where Lucy had this really kind of like cloudy bluish eye. And I kind of, hey, being a pet owner, like I said, okay, maybe it'll go away in a little bit. And it didn't go away. And when I noticed that it was a major issue is when I was tossing her treats and she would just let them go by her face and did not eat them. And then I, that's when I said something's wrong. So we went to a, uh, we went to our vet currently, uh, our previous vet, which was right there, and um, they said, yeah, we can't do anything. We have we know the right person to send them to, which was Dr. Carmen. So I walk in there with Lucy, and I'm just you know I'm scared because Lucy is Lucy's my girl. And uh, as I said to Stephen, when Stephen was actually watching our dogs this past weekend, these are our second children or probably our first children. So <laughs> be careful. Um, so I br- brought her in there and um, she, she was scared. But Dr. Carmen came in and just completely gentle. And Lucy was extremely like, shaking and everything um, and, you know, took did everything that you do and had a diagnosis. I don't know if you remember the diagnosis. Do you? Mm-hmm. Anterior uveitis. Yes. Which is what? Inflammation of the inside of the eye. Yes. And so that's what she had had. Um, but we didn't know it at the beginning. And so what I, I remember this distinctly is um, you said, I, right now I can't tell whether it's, you know, maybe just an infection or inflammation or cancer. I need to look. And at that oh point, God. being a pet owner, you think, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, she was, but she was very calming and peaceful. And peaceful. But here's the cool story is um, when she came back, and we'll get into how she balances uh, the uh, natural medicine and conventional medicine uh, when needed. Um, we had a few things. She was going to give her a few supplements, and then she was also going to give her some, um, maybe a steroid in the eye, and I think an antibiotic. And I said, 
this is a funny story. And I said, um, if you're giving her an antibiotic, shouldn't we also maybe give her a probiotic? And she lit up and she said, you're speaking my language. And so we started talking about that. And she was asking, like, you know, you kind of know what you're talking about. I was like, I really don't. I just kind of <laughs> play a good game. And then I told her that I actually run an, uh, an alternative health website. And she said, which one? I said, you probably never heard of it called the Alternative Daily. And she's like, okay. Goes in the back to do the prescription thing or whatever it is. And she comes back out and she said, did you just send an email about the, uh, you know, the nine reasons to not use your microwave? And <laughs> I, I said very reluctantly, maybe. Why? Because <laughs> you don't know how people are going to accept that stuff. She's like, oh, I love this stuff. I signed up. I was already signed up to your newsletter. I've already been to the website and everything. So it turns out she was actually That's a subscriber. That's so funny. Yeah. And so, um, world. And so we, already. Yeah. So we, treat, really we, cool. we treated Lucy and she's all better. She had a little bit of a um, relapse um, uh, maybe six months ago and now, but she's all good now. So that's how I know Dr. Carmen. And that's when I said, I have to get her in here because she knows all about uh, pet eye health wild animal eye health, anything that has to do with animal eyes. And I knew that you had to be in here too because you were crazy Because Yeah, and because you've been avoiding me for like a month. I have been avoiding you for a month. <laughs> uh, but Dr. Carmen, we were talking about this before. How many pets do you have? Well, since there's my husband and I, it doesn't sound as many if I say 11. If it was just me, there'd be a problem. Because <laughs> that's what... Yeah, really throwing in your husband really helps yeah, that. Yeah, it's that And see, sometimes the kitten belongs to the dog. Or the dog uh, belongs to the cat. Aww. And what is the what is the what is the makeup of the eleven animals in your house? So there's six generic street cats. Okay. And five dogs. Six generic street. So you just take in cats. That's what you do with cats. You just take them. <laughs> yeah, they find me. They find us. They come to the clinic. They need a home. Now, if 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 I'm in the market for a cat, which I'm not, and Walk good outside. thing my daughter doesn't listen to this. Like, do you? Can I know you, I can't wait till your daughter's do older. Do you go like <laughs> buy a cat? Like, what is the process of getting a cat? Well, there's so many animals in shelters that. I wouldn't encourage buying per se, but when you go to a shelter, often there's a fee and that covers the animals' vaccines and testing for different infectious diseases and neutering, mm -hmm. which is very important. Um, so that it's, it's actually less than it would cost them to do it, but mm -hmm. they would like those animals placed in good homes. Right. And a lot of times if you go to pet store, you know, like PetSmart or Pet mm -hmm. Supermarket, they'll do special events where yep. they might even waive the adoption exactly. fees. I know the Humane Society does that as mm -hmm. well. A couple times a year, they'll waive all yeah. fees. So you can literally just go in and adopt animals. And also in Miami Beach where I live, because there's so many stray cats everywhere, there's a company that will come, because my sister and I, we have cats and she's rescued a bunch of cats and we've found homes for a lot of the street cats. There's a company that will come there like a mobile vet mm -hmm. and they will actually do spaying and neutering right. and then they'll release the cats back so if you find cats because you know obviously the one thing is they keep breeding yeah they'll trap cats spay and neuter them they clip off the top of one of their ears so you know the cat's been fixed yeah uh, just like the point on one ear at the okay. top they'll just cut off the top of it okay. and um, then they'll release them back and they do that completely free yeah. now is do they still have like a pet shops do they still have like dogs and cats like in these little things that you can pick from Some sometimes do. and that's not good at all that's no. been banned in some counties it has been cities okay because yeah. i remember going to like a pet store when you're literally like oh my god that, you know i like that one no but i like that yeah. one and yeah but they, a lot of them have diseases no. and a lot of them get very sick but i remember that as a kid so, you'd like reach in and pull a puppy out so do they have that now in palm beach county or no that's a good... I haven't seen it in a long time. I only live in North County, so okay. I don't know further south. Sure. Not in any of the ones okay. around us. I just haven't been in a pet store in a while. I know they have mm -hmm. some in Broward, and oh. I'm not yeah. sure about uh, Miami-Dade okay. County, but I've seen a pet store when I've done it, when I gotcha. used to work so in Broward. So if I want to get yeah. a cat, which I'm not... Open Gina your Noah. front door, Open or call me. <laughs> or call me. <laughs> call Dr. Carmen. lots of shelters, <laughs> and there's lots of kitties, and I would encourage even 
getting adult an adult. Okay, so why wouldn't, you get a, why wouldn't you get a kitten? I would love, you'd love kittens. Raising kittens is truly amazing. I don't have human children, but raising a kitten to me, that's that nurturing okay. part that I didn't get with the human. Yes. Not, not that, anyway, so... <laughs> Um, because there's so they don't get adopted. The adult ones are wonderful animals. They're because everybody already, wants a kid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they sit in there for their whole lives sometimes, yeah. 10, 15, 20 years, and they don't... I mean, granted, they're well taken care of, don't get yeah. me wrong, depending on the shelter, but they need to go to a home. Sure. My goal is um, when I to get To rescue a bigger all the cats place, in the world. <laughs> my boyfriend and I like want to have a too. farm one day. But, Does um, your boyfriend like cats He too? loves cats, oh, yeah. Man. he. Um, awesome. We always talk about... Because I have two now, and that's really like that's at the all? max. Yeah, I know. Well, you're only supposed to have oh. one where I live, and get, technically none. Get them all the same color. I know. So what I want to do <laughs> so is... I see some um, similar HOA issues yeah, here. Seriously. I think we live. Yeah. I think we must be neighbors. But um, I hope one day to um, be able to adopt and foster senior pets, Yay. especially senior cats. Aww. You can't do that in South Beach. No. <laughs> you need to move out west. I know. Or, I know. or up here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So have you, um, do you, have you had any other, let's say, exotic pets in your... In your lifetime? Yeah. As a child, my dad got me a wild rabbit. It dug its way out of the house. <laughs> so that didn't last too long. My, my grandmother loved little birds, yeah. which again, I'm not, a, I'm not good at them. So I, they scare me because they can peck and mm-hmm. bite and I flip out. So I, that was, that's really scary to me. I like raptors, which, you know, are the... the no. No, I'm thinking Jurassic uh, yeah, I'm Park. I'm thinking the same thing too. <laughs> so, oh yeah, not like velociraptors. Probably the little velociraptors. So um, hawks and owls okay. and that kind of okay. thing. Because I work sense. with bush wildlife. So Makes I'd sense. love to treat them. Yes. But not as a pet, obviously. Um, so, so you're not afraid of treating a bigger bird like that, but you're mm-hmm. more scared of the tiny ones? Yeah. That's funny. I know. In vet school, my goal it, during that rotation was let me just pass and let me at least <laughs> hold one. And that was kind of it. <laughs> wow. So this actually is a good question because what is, currently, um, what is like your animal of choice? Meaning, cause, well, obviously you have your clinic here mm-hmm. um, in which you treat you know, everything, right? Between dogs, cats. Um, the one time you said you actually, and it was ju- the last time during take one when we couldn't have the podcast, <laughs> there was actually, what was actually in the back room when you walked in? We had a crocodile. Yes, a crocodile. An 11 foot crocodile. Yes. That you were treating. My husband was. It had gotten a hook in its stomach. Oh and so Bush it swallowed it? it? Yeah, because they oh, thought it was an terrible. alligator and they're trying to trap it. Or, right, right. Um, and when the animal came out, the trapper guy said, oh my gosh, that's a crocodile and they're endangered. So he called the um, wildlife people. And so yeah. then... Yeah, so you walked into her clinic and there's a crocodile. Just casual. And by the way, yeah. her, clinic, foot crocodile. her clinic is not out in like... In a farm anywhere. It's, it's here yeah. in Palm Beach County. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's Jupiter. A, I mean, I couldn't imagine in here walking in and having like Ralph's like, oh look, there's a crocodile right here. He just wouldn't do it. Um, now yesterday I had an owl. So I mean, all the time there's some. And now, is that a pet or is it just an injured an injured, an injured, injured wild animal? Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That is really cool. So what is fun. what is what's so your is your favorite? I think I know this from take one. Uh, your favorite species of animals to, because this word's new to me, um, to work on are pinnipeds. Right. Pinnipeds. Do you know what a pinniped is? No, yes. I don't. Dr. Uh, Carmen, what are pinnipeds? Seal, sea lions, and walrus. You like to treat those? Those yeah, are your favorite? Yeah, they're my passion. Really? Mm-hmm. Why, why pinnipeds? Well, about 12 years ago, um, I got called, I was that on faculty at Ohio, the Ohio State, and my and that's where you went, correct? No, that's where I taught. That's I where went, you taught. That's I went right. to Tennessee. Gotcha. Um, cool. So I get a phone call from a student, a former student, who has said, "I'm going to be a marine mammal vet." And back then, when she was a student, I said, "Okay," because it's a dream of many people. It's very hard to attain. So okay. she did it. And she got the job at Six Flags in Ohio. Wow. And she said, "I've got these two blind sea lions from cataracts, and I want you to do their cataract surgery." And I said, "Okay." 
I, A, have never really touched one, dealt with one, treated one, anything. But if you trust me, I'll get a team together, we'll do it. So thankfully, it went beautifully. They saw until their last day on Earth, because they, get, they get, got very old and recently died. And um, from there on, I started getting calls around the world to take cataracts out of pinnipeds. Wow, and that's so fascinating. At any given time, at any given time, you can get a call to go to really cool places in the world. Yeah, to yeah treat I would imagine you'd go to mm -hmm. some pretty amazing places. Oh, I've been around the world. It's been fun. Now, I always wonder this. Obviously, if you're a veterinarian, you have to be schooled in knowing how to treat an array of different animals, of right. course. Like, I, cause I always mm -hmm. think about that. Like when I take my cats to the vet, gosh, you know, my doctor can treat a cat or a dog, but also, you know, an iguana or a bird. But when you're specializing in something like ophthalmology, is it not to say not easier, but are eyes all relatively the same? Like, I mean, would you have had to study and work on a dog's eye in school and a cat's eye and a pinniped's eye and a bird's eye? To learn all their differences, yes. And actually, are there stark differences in between mm -hmm. all of the different species? Yeah, absolutely. So an eye it does what the host does for a living. So if an animal hunts at night, it's got to have an ability to see at night. If it doesn't, it obviously doesn't. If it, um, let's put it this way, I tell people the eyes, animals and eyes are like cars. You can have the simplest car or you can have the most exotic, crazy Tesla, for example, mm -hmm. or whatever is exotic. There's just different little things in there that make them do what they do for a living. And then each species and sometimes each breed gets a different disease. Like I, we can look at an animal after a while and you go, okay, that's a poodle. And then in my head goes this list of diseases that it is predisposed to. Wow. So similar to like treating a human eye mm -hmm. in the sense that like certain people or certain demographics yeah. might have eye problems. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what, what is the, because you said, you know, some, you have simple eyes and you have exotic eyes. What are mm -hmm. some of the most simple eyes? Um, probably a, a amphibian. Okay. It's a simple eye, though they're actually very interesting and different as well. And they're all so different. We study all species, including humans, when we study comparative mm -hmm. ophthalmology. I was going to ask you if you study human eyes we as do, well. We do, versus the humans only study sure. humans. So in essence, we've got to know a whole lot more. Of course. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I was, I always think about that with veterinarians, that you guys have to know so is many there, different Is there species. an eye when you get a call, you're like, this is a tough eye. <laughs> I, I don't know if I... <laughs> There's things I, I don't do, and I do not claim to be any sort of expert, let's say in primates. So monkeys, apes, that kind okay, of thing, so you, so, no. I will not. Plus, they also have carry diseases I don't want to be vaccinated for. Yes. So I, there's, I have rules for my limitations for what I do. Okay, cool. And then the, the scary, the, the, I don't want to say scariest, because in a second, what's the, what's, I guess you could say that's probably the animal that you won't do, but out of all the animals that you do do, what's one that you're, that you're kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this one today? Hmm. Or the most challenging? Um, gosh, that's a really tough one, because really they're all fascinating and wonderful and I don't feel that way ever. Okay. Um, That's fine. Oh, so I'll get into the, the, what's the scariest one then? The scariest encounter you've had while, while, okay. while treating an eye. So I didn't think my life was in danger, but it scared me. So I was treating a walrus. I was looking at his eyes. And they're not small. They're the not. 3,000 pound adult walrus. With the tusks and the whole thing. Um, yes. I think this one had been detusked, but nonetheless, big, big yeah, head, big mouth. And, and so they put them out, right? Like no. under anesthesia. Oh, no. It's awake? Yeah. 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 Most of the, what I do is under what's called behavioral um, uh, what do you, they're, they are trained to sit or station for, to allow me to do things and get pretty close. Wow. Right? That's so, amazing. Yeah. They allow it behavioral control. So this one just didn't really want me to do what I was doing. And so the, um, trainer said, just give it one more chance. And I don't know, he's giving me that hairy eyeball and I did. And then it just sort of like 
went at me and grabbed my arm. And right as I moved away, I could felt, felt his little lips on me. And I mm. went, okay, I think I'm done with this one today. <laughs> you know, so that was probably the... Are you wearing like a special suit of <laughs> no. some sort when you're doing this? No. Just your superhero A football cape? helmet. Yeah. She's wearing a football helmet I mean, and a I'm super thinking cape. like, does she have to be in like a wet... I'm picturing like a wet suit. No, or no, khakis and a shirt. Oh my. And, uh, yeah. Now, my do you ever have to dive with any of these? Do you ever jump in? Mm-mm. No. 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 Um, sometimes the dolphins... um or the whales to get in to get a little closer, but yeah. not really diving. Yeah. Are you scuba certified? I am. Oh, cool. Do <laughs> yeah. you go often? I used to. I haven't had time. We should go sometime. That'd be, <laughs> ah, you could just right. point out a bunch of eyes to me that I've never even looked <laughs> yeah. at. Oh, fish eyes are beautiful. They are. They really are. Uh, and so you also work with probably a lot of turtles too, because around here we have mm-hmm. the Loghead Marine Absolutely. Center, right? Absolutely. Yep. And so mm-hmm. how often will you get a call from one of them to say, you know, can you come in and take a look at... Um, Sven or Olaf. <laughs> By the way, they these do, are real names. They do I know. name them after <laughs> frozen the, characters. The, the, yeah. the most popular Disney ones that are out because mm-hmm. kids love to come there. And yeah, they go through themes. Yes, they do. Sometimes they're herbs. Sometimes they're spices. So how often? Yeah. How often will you actually head over there? I don't go as often as my husband. I've been yeah. a few times. Um, so I I work with them obviously, but they get more things where their shells get broken or their shark bites. Yeah, yeah. for sure. They get eye things, but Dr. Manier is very very good. I've worked with him from Atlantis years ago. So he's a really good veterinarian. Have you worked on a shark yet? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Please tell. Oh, so um, the one that I actually got to work on with hands-on, right? So this was up at the, um, if I can say, Georgia Aquarium. Mm-hmm. From a plug. They're an amazing sure. aquarium. Um, she had gotten a scratch on her cornea and got infected. It was a bonnet head. So she wasn't very big. Right. But nonetheless, they, they turned her over and they held her for me and just... The feel of her was just like sandpaper. She was just beautiful. Because a bonnet head often gets um, uh, confused with a hammerhead, correct? It's correct. like a smaller. It's like a yeah, smaller. Yeah, they're more. Hammer. They're a curved head versus yeah. the true hammer, yeah. where they look like a hammer. So. Yeah. Um, and, and their eyes are still on the edge, and the mm-hmm. edges right there. Wow. Yeah. So she went around the edge of her enclosure and scratched it, and then the water itself has lots of bacteria of and different infectious things. And she got a little infection, so we treated it, and she got better. Wow. I've yeah. scratched my cornea before. It's very painful. Oh, it hurts horribly. It does. I did it when mm-hmm. I was younger, when I was first learning how to use my contact lenses. Oopsie. Yeah. So, so with Crazy Cat Lady over here being <laughs> yeah. Megan, um, if she's often, she's, that's how she's refers to yeah, herself. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what it says in my dating profile. <laughs> <laughs> so why, um, as pet owners, why do we often kind of not look at the eyes so much? You're always worried about whether it's the weight, whether it's you know, joints, et cetera. How come pet owners don't typically... From my experience, and I'm not saying I'm a terrible pet owner, um, but how come it's like we don't do more for their eyes and we usually wait for something to happen? That's a really good question. I don't know if it has to do with ourselves because we don't tend to go to the eye doctor until there's a problem or somebody says, you know, you've made it to 30 or 35 and you should go. Yeah. So I think we probably just think, well, they should be pretty healthy and they're fine. But in reality, if you really think about aging, about five or six is 40. Mm -hmm. So 40 is when really antioxidants and things start breaking down in your body. It still sounds young because 40 yeah. is young now, but really things start breaking down. It's right. the same in them. They need to have care um, just like we do. So what are some things that we can do to be better pet owners um, for our current pets? Let's say the eyes are fine. Let's say the eyes are healthy. Mm-hmm. They're not, they don't have any eye issues right now. Um, what are some proactive things that we can actually do for them? Well, we could feed them um, antioxidants um, and not just 
when they turn five or six because you want to really start before they start getting depleted because once they're depleted, you've missed a whole lot of precursors. Yeah. Um, antioxidants such as glutathione, that's the leading antioxidant or the biggest one in the lens, the brain, and the liver. So you're not just treating the eye, you're treating the body. Um, you want to not just replenish things that work with glutathione, but others like that um, fight free radicals. And um, in theory, you can't stop aging, we know that, but you, if you at least diminish the oxidative stress in our lives, whether it's exogenous from the environment or endogenous from our own bodies, because we're doing it all the time, then you can at least make the environment of your cells better, whether it's right. your eye or your body. So if, this is actually something we were talking about before, which is with the current getting into the nutrition of it as mm -hmm. well is, and you know a ton more than most of people about this. Um, what, and this is actually something we dealt with with Lucy when we got in there. Because the first thing that you asked, funny thing, the first thing before anything was, what, what is she eating? What's her diet? And I said, you know, it's, oh, it's science diet. It's what the vet said. And you gave me a look. <laughs> that look right there. <laughs> and I said, oh, tell me. I like, and that's the big thing is I think that we grow up thinking uh, we should just be doing pedigree and whatever's like on the shelves or whatever the vet says. And, oh, it says science diet. So it's got to be, you know, great and everything. And not to knock science diet. Maybe you want to do that. Um, but there's other options out there, right? Mm -hmm. And so the one thing that you actually put us on, I think, was origin, mm -hmm. um, which if you look, and your big thing was, which is, if, it makes sense if you think about it from a human perspective, of like, you know, what do animals eat? You know, what does a rat tear, like a Jack Russell rat terrier like Lucy eat? You know, mice, you know, chickens, whatever it like is. Squirrel. Squirrels. Mm -hmm. Protein-based. And if you look on, and I went back and looked at the science diet ingredients, and it was like corn and grain and yeah. grain all these things of things that mm -hmm. they wouldn't typically eat all the time and so you said just look at the ingredients and with the origin one like the first few are all protein based rats so, squirrels yeah and they <laughs> that and, would be cool but it wouldn't be looked <laughs> on well by society right so so what for our pets you know what should we be looking for and we maybe we'll just couple cover a few here but let's say for cats for instance like what are some things you look at whether it's ingredients or with a specific diet you know let's just say it's a healthy cat for now okay so a cat is a true carnivore. They need meat. They don't need, what cat ever went and looked and ate a you know, piece of corn, really? They are gonna go eat, just like you said, all those little creatures, and they get their antioxidants from what was in their stomach or what they ate or what ended up in their skin or meat. So carotenoids, um, you know, veggies, fruits, whatever. But that's how they should eat, whole protein sources. Um, now, some will say, well, what about kidney disease? Cats are prone to kidney disease. True, but high protein diets don't cause the kidney disease. When they have kidney disease, you just have to limit the phosphorus. Mm -hmm. As they get older, they actually need the protein just like we do because they start getting what's called sarcopenia or start losing the muscle mass. And because they can't make that muscle from the same amount of protein that they did when they were young, as we get older, you don't assimilate that protein well. Obviously, as I get older, I have to eat way more protein to keep right. the muscle on. So same with cats and dogs as they age. So when you do that, you want to find a diet that kind of mimics what they do in the wild. Awesome. So and you're saying, look, sorry to interrupt. So you're saying look for things that maybe even on the label might mm -hmm. say like low phosphorus or grain free mm -hmm. or check just like a human would check like the first couple ingredients on a food yeah. label. We should make sure that it's something actually like salmon or chicken or beef yes. or whatever it is. Yes. The actual food and some will actually say whole fish mm -hmm. meaning they'll also have the bone and that's good yeah the calcium phosphorus ratio is very important for the um, kidney stones and bladder stones if it's imbalanced they'll be prone to it so a lot of these whole prey foods um, whether they're kibble like origin 
or raw or freeze-dried raw, they'll mm -hmm. have, they try very hard. They're, the companies that are very good do the ratio properly. Now, something that I know can go for cats or dogs, but I know is something that I've read about for cats. There seems to be a debate. Certain people say wet food only, dry food only, or do a mix. Now, for us personally, because I was telling you earlier, I have two cats. One is six years old and one is 19. For our 19-year-old at this point, if she eats something, we're just happy that she's eating. Right. So we give them wet food, like we'll put out wet food, but then throughout the day, of course, I know this is not good, but we let them kind of graze on dry food. But I've read that, you know, sometimes just dry food is very bad for cats. But when I was growing up, we always gave our cats and dogs dry food. And then other people saying, no, they need just dry food, no wet food. So what is the balance that you would recommend for a cat owner or even a dog owner between wet and dry food? So it's moderation. So the more water in the diet, the more diluted the urine is. So mm -hmm. if they're prone to stones, and there are some breeds of dogs that are prone to them, regardless of the diet, it dilutes them out. So if you, like I do moderation. So the morning they get wet mm -hmm. food, like same thing as you, I put a little bit of kibble out throughout right. the day. Mm -hmm. And then in the evening, I'll do a freeze-dried raw where you can add water to it. And so they're always drinking. And the other thing too is I put a fountain a kitty fountain? Yeah, we have a cat they fountain. It's it. so cool. Yeah. They drink far more that way because it's interesting to them. Just, it is it's interesting to you, a human, too. I just imagine you getting down. And playing oh, and Colin and I, go. yeah, I, I'm throwing pennies in it, making wishes. <laughs> Mine's on the counter high up, so I can hear it like That's a fountain. So it's very calming. Yeah. So what, and then the flip side, what about dogs? What should we be looking mm -hmm. at for in terms of their ingredients? So dogs are omnivores. So like us. Now, I think of humans and dogs should eat like we're supposed to eat, which is if you're not a, if you're a non-vegetarian, you eat meat, you eat really good, clean protein sources. Fruits, to some degree, there's a lot of sugar, so you, you know, your X amount of fruits and vegetables all you want. Um, certainly, when you do that that way, you get your fiber, you get water, so same with them. So these diets are the same, and if you read the label, you'll see whole protein, you get lentils, you get chickpeas, you right. get vegetables of all kinds, and probiotic. Yep. And one even has medicinal clay, which I thought yes. was awesome. Yes, yes. So, in speaking of the food for the different animals, what um, what are some of the the best, let's say, whole foods? Because like, if mm -hmm. I go to the grocery store, I'm going to buy you know some vegetables for me, you know, some broccoli, some asparagus, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a meat if I'm doing that, or it's a bean, etc. Um, what are some of the best, you know, human whole foods that we can actually give to our pets that's mm -hmm. that's safe? And it might be different between you know dog and cat, but let's just say for for dogs, for example. Okay. Well. Most cats won't eat broccoli, though I have one that does. So okay. um, <laughs> I do steamed broccoli and cauliflower mostly because it's for your, easy for, your dogs? for my dogs on top cool. of their food at, wow. with dinner. Um, and I do coconut water sometimes or goat's milk. I always put water of some kind or a liquid of some kind on their food because I want them to get more water. Sure. Because um, that's the problem with our, the way we work is um, if you see a dog, they go out and they squirt on every single thing. It's not, yes, they're marking, but they, that's how they empty their bladders. Right. When we house them up for four to eight hours a day, they're holding it. Yeah. It's, it, that's the thought of some, sometimes when the, um, they get stones or grit in their urine, they're just not urinating and drinking like they should. So we've kind of got to help them along. Yes, gotcha. And then, so on the flip side, the worst, mm -hmm. what are some things that we should really steer clear of for, and I'm thinking in terms of here, of like if you're, if, whether it's table scraps or whether it's you're feeding mm -hmm. to your animals, what are things that we, let's just stay away from? Um, high fat types of things. So like the fat or the gristle of the meat. Um, some dogs are prone to pancreatitis. Um, so inflammation, that's a very painful, can be life-threatening disease. Um, so 
also too remember dogs can ha dogs and cats can have food intolerances like we can um, so things that fly in general or what I take tell people not to feed their pets if they've got food allergy hmm. because they're very prone to that allergies of chicken and turkey and I throw duck in even though in theory they're not DNA related sometimes they'll still react to duck um, versus humans where chickens the least allergenic and people think That's I just gave them this all this chicken and they were vomiting and sometimes it's like feeding the fire but it's individual yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I back to the what else to feed I like to give my dogs and cats if they'll eat a papaya, mm -hmm. very good digestive enzymes, right? Really? Um, apples. Um, you want to stay away from the things that are toxic, like right. grapes and raisins. Um, avocados are on the list. Right. Of yes or no's. Of no's. Okay. no's. Um, because they may or may not have a toxin, and you don't know which right. avocado does. So. Mm -hmm. And garlic's not good either, is it? In excess. Okay. So I've dropped one and had Lucy eat it, and I was like, what do I do? And she threw up, but then I monitored it, and everything was okay. Yeah. You're like, just be cool, be yeah, cool. Yeah, a little bit. Remember, before they would use it for fleas. Like yes. If, so a little yeah. bit is okay. And no onions that cause no anemia. Onions. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Man. Now, Anybody else getting hungry? <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, it just me? I am. <laughs> what, about, uh, what about eggs, too? Oh, eggs are a wonderful source of protein. They have okay. lutein. Yep. Um, at least six milligrams of lutein in the yolk. Yep. Um, some of the like homegrown chickens will have even more orangey yolks, yeah. mm -hmm. so they'll have more lutein, and lutein's great for your eyes and skin. Lucy and Brody just right now can't can't take it though. Okay. Um, they they go back out and throw it up. They're fine. It just mm -hmm. it just does not it, set for they them. They don't tolerate it. So speaking of, speaking of little Brody, um, so Brody is um, five pounds. She's supposed to be five pounds. She weighs six to seven pounds right now. Okay. Um, and the vet had said she has a little, there's some, there's some kidney, I think it's like elevated kidney enzymes, et cetera. Um, and they, they want us to put her on a diet. Uh, what would you recommend for somebody like her? Cause we, cause we have food out, we have, we say origin or kibble out all day for Lucy. Cause mm -hmm. she's just, she's a power horse. She's just always on the go. And she, regu I mean, the way she eats is just very regulatory. Like Lucy will eat to do something, but she's not going to sit there and graze. Brody, on the other hand, might, you might walk by and she's maybe chumping, just looking at you, whatever. Uh, but it's not a lot because she's just a small little dog. So with somebody who already has, you know, who's put on 15 to 20% body weight, what what type of diet would you put on for somebody? Let's say she's obese. She's, she's mm -hmm. in, it's funny if you look at her, she's not massively obese. She's, she's adorable. She's adorable. <laughs> um, but what, would, what is something you would, you would do from a diet standpoint from her? Well, yeah, she's 20 to 40% over... No. Sorry. But number no. one is get the weight off because um, that weight creates more oxidative stress. Yeah. It feeds the potential for cancer. Mm -hmm. And if she ever got cancer, it would feed it more. You know this. So I'm not, I'm preaching to the choir here. It's okay. So Some people one, don't know that. No, it's very important. It, right. it, that fat makes all, all sorts of um, uh, proteins that create lots of inflammation everywhere in your body. So number one, get the weight off. Number two, look for a low phosphorus diet. Because oh, as I said earlier, it's not so much the protein, it's yeah. the phosphorus in it. Yeah. Um, you can also use a, pro a phosphorus binder, mm -hmm. um, and you can work with your veterinarian for that. Yeah. Um, I have a really great friend who happens to be the kidney expert of the world of dogs and cats, so I get wow. lots of my great information from him. Um, and he happens to overwinter right here in Juneau Beach, so awesome. Awesome. gotta love him. Um, so lots of water, mm -hmm. um, lots of veggies, okay, um, and monitor the kidneys every three months. Those. Yeah. Parameters. Okay. Cool. You know, it's interesting because as we were just as we were just talking about that, I was thinking about how when we think about Brody, because she is okay, she's a little bit overweight, let's say, but it's just so cute. And I was having a conversation with my my boyfriend last night with our two cats because 
it's the same thing. Like we want to always make sure that my older cat is eating because she's lost so much weight over time. I mean, she's 19, so she's obviously very skinny. But then our other cat will eat her leftovers and almost graze a lot. And so I was trying to explain to my boyfriend last night that, yeah, it's, it's cute. It's adorable that there's a fat, white, fluffy cat, but people need to understand that it's right. not okay. It's not a good thing. It's bad for the cats yeah. and the dogs to be overweight. Yeah. Right. Predisposes them to diabetes, mm-hmm. to cancer, to Cushing's, to you name it, arthritis, because they're heavy, you know, sure. they're, all that load on their joints. Um, they're just, it's the same as us high blood pressure. Yeah. You know, all the things that we think of with being heavy are the same for them. Now, a question that just came up that I actually didn't write down, um, and if you don't know the answer to this or if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. You're just uh, going to have to leave. You're just going to have to leave. <laughs> um, so obviously you've had to, and there's probably people listening to this who have, let's say, a very unhealthy animal, um, and it's, it's not looking good for them. You've had to deliver some really probably heartbreaking news to people. Um, what goes through, because obviously we know what goes through all of our minds, like, oh my God, I don't want this to happen. It's terrible. And it's a true grieving process. For somebody like you who faces it often, uh, what goes through your mind when you, when you look at something and say, this is not good and we might actually have to um, think about the end for this animal? Well, the conversation, I, I'm just, I used to kind of pussyfoot around it because yeah. it was hard for me to talk about. Now I just have to be like, okay, I'm going to just be honest with you. This is what your pet has. These are the odds, um, whether it's cancer. If it is, I'll, I'll include my oncology uh, service, and she will take over very delicately and very beautifully. She's amazing at this. I'm an eye doctor for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, but when I have to do it, then I'm just honest. I give them all the options. Um, and, you know, if they start saying, why did this happen? Yeah. You know, I just say, you know, everybody's going to get something. Yep. It's just the way it is. And we just have to try to make it less bad. Now, how, how often do you actually have to deal with that in your practice, let's say per week? Um, thankfully, not that often. Sometimes it comes in spurts. Right. So recently it's been a few times and then it'll pass for a while. Yeah. For me, the worst thing would be a blinding disease or a painful yeah. disease. So, and that's very visceral for people because your eyes, you know, you, if you can't see, people just go there because um, if you can't see, that's your number one sense as right. a human. And animals, their sense of smell and hearing far out past like the eyes. But people anthropomorphize their pets. There are babies, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I do it too. Sure. And I surely don't want my pets to lose their sight. But um, I have to kind of remind them they're, they're actually cooler than us. They can do more things with their other senses that yeah. we can't. Yeah. So it's kind of about that perspective. Yeah. I'm sure that you would find that most people are, maybe I'm just thinking about myself, as difficult as, as it would be, it would probably be better to be a straight shooter in a delicate way rather than sort of skirt around an issue, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure people kind of just want to know it's hard as it is to hear and then do they just want to know their options and what to do right away? Mm. Sometimes it's hard to know how much they're hearing. Mm-hmm. So I try to just say it. I'll write it down as well. Mm-hmm. I try to say it in different ways because everyone listens differently. Um, and then in the end, I just hope they took it away. And then if there's a recheck, then I s- sometimes have to redo it all. You didn't say that. Well, <laughs> it kind of did. You're sort of in shock, you know? Yeah. It's, it's everyone's different. I'm sure. Have you had any type of, I don't I, I hate to use the world word miracle, but have you had any type of thing where, uh, you know, brought in the pet and it wasn't looking good and then it just reversed itself or something happened where it was just like, wow, this is great. This, this animal has turned itself around, whether it's through treatment, but let's say it was at a point where like, you just didn't know if it was going to work and there was something good that happened. Mm-hmm. That happens quite a bit yeah. um, because sometimes I don't know and 
there's they, they don't want to do further testing or yeah. right in that moment I have to pick something to treat with. Yeah. So I said our choices are inflammation or cancer, like I did right. with Lucy. Yep. And we're gonna treat for what can be treated mm-hmm. and what can be cured. And a lot of times I come I come back and eat my words. Well, didn't have cancer. Isn't that great? Like, yeah. it, that's the best. <laughs> that must be very rewarding. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more of that than there is the negative. Yeah. We tend to focus mm-hmm. mostly on what we think is bad, but there's probably a lot of really great stories that you have yeah. every day. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's Cataract wonderful. surgery stories are the best because they come in blind or very, very impaired and they go home seeing. And yeah. it's a whole new world. Oh, they're running around. Like <laughs> they're babies. You know, one time some couple said, can, can we get those cataracts back? Uh, <laughs> I said, no, yeah. that's a one-way street. <laughs> um, and one of the questions uh, when we were doing this during take one and we were on Facebook Live um, was I got a couple questions from friends and people were asking specifically about the raw diet, right? Because uh-huh. even I'm still in a little bit of the dark about that. Like if, let's say, say right now, and I know that we, as you said before, for uh, for an adult animal or an animal that is you know pretty far along or might, whether it might have cancer, it might not be the best um, idea to do this. But let's just say I have a young, healthy animal um, that uh, I can do a raw diet for if they want to talk mm-hmm. to their vet to see if it's cool. Um, like, where do I start? Like, do, do I just, you know, you can obviously Google around, but if you were to tell me what uh, a daily or weekly regimen of a raw food diet would be, like, do I just go get turkey necks and just put it down? Like, what do I do? Can you, can you outline that for me? Okay. Number one, I would educate yourself. So a lot of the bigger companies yeah. have lots of great information online. Mm-hmm. There are amazing smaller pet shops, yep. like the one we go to. Um, that healthy pets, healthy pets market. There you go. Yeah, it's an awesome place. Um, they know their stuff. They've yeah. taught me so much cause I didn't know anything either, but I was interested because I thought the concept was the right thing. Right. And so, um, these diets come as complete diets. You don't have to do anything other than thaw it out and give it to them. And sometimes they don't even need to be thawed. Those animals love it. So they'll just chomp it down. Um, so you don't really have to think too much. So for like, just say, uh, I only know Jack Russell rat terrier mix. Let's say for like a Jack Russell, mm-hmm. um, do I feed Lucy uh, like one time a day, twice a day? Would I do I just go get a turkey neck and just throw it on the ground, have her eat it? Some, I could. Some people do. <laughs> some people do that for breakfast or a chicken neck, depending on the size of. Yeah. Since she's little. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not gonna get a whole turkey and just uh, have, that. have at it, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> See you in a week. <laughs> no, no, um, because the turkey neck itself is not a complete diet. Doesn't have the all of the nutrients yep. that a dog or cat needs yes. in a day. So that's okay for like a snack, for example, but then do the actual complete diet. And they actually are amazing because they have a no bacteria policy. Like, you know, the vets will say, a lot of them who don't understand or, or whatever, oh, the salmonella, oh, this, so oh, that. Well, that's possible. Right. And there are recalls, but there's recalls in all dog foods. Yep. There's recalls in human food. Yeah. All the time, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And so you just have to... Um, pay attention to the what's on the online go with the companies that are reputable and really good and go for it awesome and you were saying to me before we even mm-hmm. started the podcast that with some animals it might take some time but to like slowly introduce them would yes. you recommend maybe even mixing it in with their regular mm-hmm. food so they get a taste of it and then slowly weaning yeah. them off of that yeah that's what i did in the beginning because since i have such a very varied rate of mm-hmm. ages my kitten she's now three but we raised her on the raw rabbit so you had no problem with her none oh she's she's a feral cat so you show her anything she starts growling like it's mine <laughs> don't you touch it i'm gonna kill you and then all the other cats were like I don't know. So they, they took time. Yeah. Um, Lucy, the only, the only raw thing Lucy's ever had has been, um, uh, I fish a lot. And so when I catch bait to mm-hmm. go fishing, I'll get a you know, net full of, 
bait and have it on the beach, dump it in a bucket, and she just has at it. And at first, you know, it's like, oh my God, don't let her eat it. I was like, I think she's going to be okay. I mean, this is what she <laughs> would do in the wild. Oh, so yeah. she absolutely loved it. There was one scary time, though, where she was on the beach and she saw. So we have, um, when you go out trolling, you have rigged ballyhoo. So you have a ballyhoo with a hook in it. And I saw her chomping, and I looked, and there was a hook. And it literally, it wasn't in her mouth, but it was like on the side, and she was starting to get to it. So, and she was young, so she was a little bit more aggressive. And so, like, I had to hold her down and, like, just, just very gently, but very, you know, sternly yank this out of her mouth. It was, it was very, very, very scary. She's probably very upset. So, <laughs> so I want to make, I want to make a, a kind of like a hard right here. Um, and this is a topic that we discussed beforehand that we said that we want to kind of bring up. Because you are an, an awesome, world-renowned veterinary ophthalmologist. To the stars. Tra- travel around. <laughs> um, you know, you have to go to places like SeaWorld. You have to go mm-hmm. to zoos. You mm-hmm. have to go to some really, you know, really interesting p- places, some really polarizing places. And so I was, I mean, I was actually curious from my own standpoint, um, because this is a very, it's a very political issue. It's a very polarizing, you know, you see most people either like on one side or the other side. And when I've been kind of started to read and research and kind of go through and even visit some of these places, um, I, I don't see it as much as a black and white issue as more of it's, 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 there's, there's more to it than just saying, yes, animals should be in human care or no animals should not be in human care. And so I kind of wanted to get your take. You know, obviously the big thing everybody talks about is is Blackfish, the movie, et cetera. And I actually went to some, it was like a zoo or aquarium or something, and I took a picture of a fish. And, you know, I'm, I'm on Snapchat, so... Um, <laughs> There's the plug. I'm on Snapchat, carney.jake. Uh, are you on it? You should be on it. I will be. You should be with all of the animals you deal with. It'd be so... I would be your number one fan. <laughs> um, so, and I Snapchatted it. And somebody responded back and said, oh, I guess you've never seen blackfish before. And to me, and the person who said this to me, um, had not been to any, anything like this and doesn't have an interest in it. And so it was really kind of, a, and I don't know if this is a term, I, I'd like to know if I coined it or not. Um, <laughs> but I told him, I was like, you ever heard of, you know, uh, um, oh man, it just slipped my head. Um, you just ar- forgot the uh, word you it. invented? You, yeah. <laughs> you ever heard of armchair quarterbacking? It's kind of like being an armchair in- environmentalist, right? Which is, it's easy to, now there's a lot of people, there's a lot of environmentalists, a lot of people who don't like the human care thing um, that go and visit these places and, you know, come up with their own opinion, fine. But there's a lot of people who, and there's a, I would say a big population of the United States and of the world who just, whether they see a movie called Blackfish or they just, they just form an opinion based off something they read the first time and say, this should not be happening. Well, so, so that's why I kind of turned and I was like, you're just an armchair environmentalist just because you saw one movie, right? You know, you're not actually seeing this stuff. And so I wanted to actually get Dr. Karma's take on, you know, the, the different aquariums and different zoos and from what you've seen, because a lot of people think that, you know, nope, go empty all the cages, throw them back in the wild, which it, you, that, that can't happen. That can't happen. So when you go to the different zoos and aquariums, like what do you see? And what, what, is, what is a true somebody who's behind the scenes, a doctor, a vet who's treating these things? What do you see behind the scenes? Well, what I see are animals that are amazingly taken care of. I mean, better really than our own pets to some degree. They get a veterinarian in many places every day looking at them, maybe twice a day. Mm -hmm. They've got their trainers, which are essentially, I think of them as the parents. They're so bonded to these animals. They see them more than we see our own dogs and cats, right? They spend all day with them. They have a huge bond with them. I, I see animals that are amazing and amazing they love to respond to their trainers and their the people who are with them they are so smart they actually want to learn right. behaviors they're not 
tricks. They're not trick animals. They're behaviors, and they actually, a lot of places will do um, sort of clinical research, uh, not sort of, it is, they're trying to understand how they think and how, because these animals can't vocalize right. what they're saying, but we can learn from them. And they're just so cool. And I will tell you this, I'm, I can't say that if there, not, there was no zoo, would I be for it or against it? I don't know. We're not in that position. Right. As a veterinarian, I'm, I have a responsibility to take care of animals no yes. matter where they are. And one thing that, we, as I, because I brought this up to you before the podcast, just to see if this is something you're com- comfortable with talking about, and you said yes. Um, and I said, you know, and I was just in the dark, um, and it's easy to say, you know, th- these animals shouldn't be doing tricks. These animals shouldn't be doing, you know, spinning up around and splashing things, et cetera. Um, and your response was that they actually like to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, now, they do. They, these are these are behaviors that, the, the way that the, that bond is to make, to ask them to do things and to have them actually do it, that create that is that's a relationship. That right. is some that's not just I walk up to a dog and teach them to shake your paw. Now, granted, not just anybody can do that, right? Because it right. takes work too. Yeah. Um, but a, a, you need that relationship with the dog or the cat. There are trained cats. There are trained orcas. There are trained dolphins. Whatever. These animals right. are so smart. They want to interact with us. Um, I mean, granted, from the wild, they're not going to come in and find us, uh, albeit, but they are under human care, right. and so they like having things to do. Right. And at this point, um, just to kind of clarify things, because as we were talking about this, there's things I was learning and was even asking questions about, which is, you know, um, like right now, they are no longer going out there and capturing orcas and putting no, them in. That's That's, correct. that's not it. And no. um, yeah, I think you actually said that's illegal now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there are places, though, that if an animal is injured, mm-hmm. they will take them in and try to rehab them. Yes. And, and, and if they can rehab them, go back out to sea or to you know, land, et cetera. And actually, one of those places is SeaWorld. Yeah. I, I, had no, I had no clue. I don't know if you knew this, but yeah, I had no clue. I know that, that they rehab I did not animals. know that they had a rehab um, you know, uh, situation there. And do they do that also with orcas, too? Or is it just, you know, is that something that, you know, they, they there, don't get There involved? have been some. Sure. Um, they don't tend to strand in the U.S. There um, depends on where they are, right. but so it has happened. I recently I don't know about any because I I don't I'm not in that scene. Yep. But they are one of the world leaders of rehabilitating marine mammals mm-hmm. that people don't get. They actually have a show on TV to show you all the wonderful things. They'll go out to um, beaches where animals may be and they'll check them out. They'll they'll sedate them, bring their veterinarians, knock them out, figure it out, and then wake them up safely and let them go on their way. And if they cannot be released, they'll bring them in. Maybe if they need more care, if they just can't be released, they'll actually take good care of them for the rest of their lives. Right. And there's actually a place around here called Bush Wildlife, which uh, operates just based off of either rehab or not type of, and I don't know if there's another word for that, mm-hmm. uh, but basically it's, um, we call it the little zoo, no one I do. Um, but they actually take in animals that have been injured, harmed, et cetera, sick, and if they can rehab them, you know, they put them right back out there. And it's yeah. local animals too, mm-hmm. um, but if they can't, they will actually, you know, keep them there and give them a good end of life for the rest of their years to come. Some will be teaching animals because yes. really the responsibility too is to educate us about mm-hmm. what they know about them and and it's education and conservation a lot of these species may not have survived this long right but under human care we've got animals that we can potentially um if it's proper to breed them and make more and sometimes they'll actually put them back out in the wild right Mm -hmm. and this actually came up pretty 
in big news in the past couple of weeks because of the tiger that actually had killed the zookeeper at, Here at, Palm, the, zoo, yeah. at the Palm Beach Zoo. Yeah, we actually ran a story on that and it was actually pretty, they had a lot of readership. And, and the number one thing, like there was just arguments back and forth of there were people saying, you know, put down the tiger. No, don't put down the tiger. Um, you know, animals shouldn't be in captivity um, and animals shouldn't be in human care, etc. But it's just, it's not that black and white. It's just, you just, you can't take that tiger that's in there right now and go set it loose in the wild. That's just not how it's going to work, right? Um, so it's just, this topic is just something that seems to not go away. Mm -hmm. um, where do you see it from your standpoint? Um, do you think that there will always be this, this, this butting of heads from both sides? Um, you know, it, do you see there any meeting in the middle or do you think, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now, where do you think we'll be hmm. on this whole discussion? Gosh, I don't know. I think there's always going to be black, white, and in between. There's yeah. not going to be, I mean, look at anything else, even just spay neuter in cats mm -hmm. or, you know, the, the feral cats there's a lot of debate there i mean it's the same there's just always going to be um, there's not going to be a coming together i don't think i think the important thing is to like educate yourself because as mm -hmm. you said most people just see the blackfish documentary yeah. like i did i saw the documentary and i was like oh my god i'm never going to another zoo i'm never going to another aquarium but then when that whole thing happened obviously SeaWorld was on a big you know, marketing PR campaign to let people know about all the animals that they have taken care of, how long the whales and the orcas and whatnot live in yeah. captivity, well, not in captivity, under human care with them. And most people, I think, because the documentary is so compelling and it is so well done for one side, imagine if there had been a documentary before Blackfish that had been pro SeaWorld. Everybody would be running to SeaWorld to see all the amazing things that they do. So I think that Jake's right when some people are being an, an armchair environmentalist. Mm -hmm. But that's for anything. I mean, people talk yeah. about oh, cut this out of your diet or do this more, do this less. Mm -hmm. I think that it's important to educate yourself on both sides, which I tried to do about the SeaWorld thing, actually. Yep. Yeah, for all those things. Yeah, the um, and we talked about this before when, like, when we go to an aquarium or you go to a zoo. Um, I, and again, it's it's one of those things where it's not black and white for me. Like, I am not on either side. There's some things I really enjoy about going to the zoo, but there's some really things that there's some other things I'm like, oh my gosh, right? Um, you know, I think it's actually at the zoo. Like, they feed the owls the baby chicks, and they'll and Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, did you know this? Um, yeah, and so you walk by, and there's like a baby. There's a dead baby chick there, and there's a yeah, kid going. They're not alive. Yeah, they're oh, not alive. Okay. They're not alive. I was like, I really but wish I didn't know this. <laughs> but it's still something like, wow, like it's graphic. But it's what happens in nature. In nature, sure. right? Mm -hmm. um, so again, for me, it's really not black and white. But I, for my visit, the only thing that like I I can do is I can learn more about the animals. And so when we go to the visit, you know, we're not sitting there shoving popcorn in our mouth, just taking pictures of everything. And you're not Snapchatting everything. Not Snapchatting everything. <laughs> and you're not just kind of just going there. You're actually going there to learn uh -huh. about stuff because then yes. you know Noah comes back and asks about you know. Oh, these dolphins and that and this and that and which could spur something in her to want to do some more things with animals. Um, but I have to I have to ask this because I have to be devil's advocate here too because I, I remember when we ran a SeaWorld um, article. Um, it was again pretty. We were stating basically what SeaWorld stance was, and we got a lot of people um, bashing us on on Twitter, etc. And our stance was we just want to we just want to display both sides. We just want to have just an open, mature conversation about it. And one of the questions, and I'll pose this to you, um, was uh, what is the point? And again, I don't know this, uh, but what is the point of learning? about a specific animal that's in human care if um, and i forget what the even phrase was if if they had already been what, what's the point of us learning about animals that are in human care 
versus learning about animals in the wild? Isn't there more of a benefit to learn about them in the wild than human care? That's and so I'm just laying that one up for you and, and just saying would love just know love to know your response. Well, in the wild you you can't really understand their physiology as well. You can't right. have them nearby where you can see how um, their hormones are, how they breed. I right. mean, all the different things about those animals yeah. that we've learned because they're under our care. And we try it now because of Jack Hanna. He's like truly the advocate mm -hmm. of all animals. Um, and a really, it's amazing to talk to him, just yeah. the wealth of knowledge. But if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have the zoos we have today where they're far more like they're in their real environments. Yes. Right? Not versus yeah. the old days, which was so sad. Well, I remember cage, going yeah. to a yeah. zoo and my, and my parents, my parents who they said they grew up going to the Pittsburgh Zoo, they said, this is crazy because they'd never been to a zoo in like a lot of years. Mm -hmm. They said before, you would just literally walk by and there'd just be like a cage, which yeah. is like a panther just pacing back and forth. And another cage mm -hmm. with like a, like a grill in it. And now it's... Designed like Africa. It really is. Yeah. 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 So, Absolutely. No, and, that, and that's awesome. And I know that it's not necessarily a comfortable uh, uh, topic to talk about. And I appreciate you being open with that too. I'm sure we might even get some more comments about this and whatever but um i really do we have questions yeah, we got a few do you have do you, do you have time to answer a few questions yeah, from facebook absolutely. okay cool steven do you have any advice for a pet with seasonal allergies i deal with allergies all day long because they'll come in with teary eyes for example so it's an eye problem when it's really a body problem so um, yeah, there's some, you can go as, you can go natural, so you can do like turmeric and boswellia, um, bromelain, you can try the natural route. Adding those to foods, you're yeah, saying? Uh -huh. Okay. Or supplements that have them in there. Okay. Um, some pure extracts. Mm -hmm. You can do, um, Claritin or Zyrtec. You can give your animal Claritin or Zyrtec? You can, not the D, you have to do the straight actual antihistamine okay um, and it has to be dosed appropriately for the size of the pet and your vet can help you with that dosing um, and if it's really worse or bad or hard to control sometimes it's multimodal so it won't just be the inhalant you'll have also food yeah or you could have um, they're allergic to something in the, in the grass or yeah like the fertilizer for example uh, we were talking about or um, things like that so there's lots of different things when it comes to allergies so awesome. yeah. cool, cool. Um, remember, I'm an eye doctor, but from what I've read, I like to read about other things, is um, I had read one thing about potentially grains having a role, playing a role in epilepsy, so she might see if going with a grain-free diet might help. Okay. Awesome. There's plenty of them. Um, one more, Joanne. Um, why do dogs eat their own food? Oh. Do we know this, Joanne? Do we know the answer Is to that? that? Because they can Why smell do their dogs own food in it? No, I don't think so. Um, some, some thought, and I don't okay. know how true this is, is that fine? they're deficient in something in their diet. But then some dogs eat the most wonderful, pristine diets ever, and they still do it. Um, so sometimes it's behavioral. They just do it, and they don't stop doing it. So you can break them of it. There are ways. There's things you can add to the food, or you can just pick it up right away and then dis distract them so that it becomes a non- yeah. um, 
obsession for them. So that's a tougher one. And remember, I am an eye doctor. <laughs> you don't see cat people asking questions about that. No, I'm just cats. saying cats are no. so clean. But dogs will eat the cat poo. Yeah, I know. Yes, I do. Growing up, we had a dog and mm-hmm. the two cats, and we used to have to keep a little like the gate up uh-huh, because do. the dog would go. And our dog one time almost died. It got very sick, all uh. the bacteria and the poo. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stephen, do we have any more? Is that it? That's it. Cool. Awesome. Any other questions for Dr. Carmen, Megan? No, that's it. Send me a bill because I (laughs) think this is great. (laughs) Awesome. This was fun. Thank you. Well, thank you guys so much. And um, we will... Oh, we should... It's been a while, so we don't know how to wrap this oh up. Oh, my gosh. Megan, where can you, where can you find... Uh, well, for, well, before where I get can to you, you find me? Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Dr. Carmen. Um, Dr. Carmen also runs a uh, pet healthy supplement company as well cool. um, that I'd actually like to plug here for a second. And can you just tell us just a little bit more about um, what, you, what you guys do? I know OcuGlow, which is the eye one, but the actual name of the brand is? Animal Necessity. Animal Necessity. And how many actually um, supplement uh, do you have? We actually have nine. Nine. So it's not just... The eyes, remember the body has to be healthy to have healthy eyes too, yeah. right? So we've got OcuGlow for vision, both for animals and our new human version, I had to say that. Um, we have a wonderful joint product that has turmeric, bromelain, boswellia, and um, white willow bark. Mm. So not just for the glucosamine. We got immuno, beta-glucans, awesome. I can only plug all of them, sarin and anti-anxiety. I mean, just we awesome. cover the body and they are you can use them together. Awesome. And where can we find these? On animalnecessity.com. And you can purchase them there and yeah. have them shipped to you? You can. Cool. And if you're my patient or my client, you can um, get them from me if you know we think your little pet needs them. Awesome. Yeah. I guess any pet, regardless, can probably benefit from some sort of supplement, right? Absolutely. In fact, I started all of my pets, um, the four rescue dogs, mm-hmm. they started as soon as they came to the house because who knows where they came from. And the little French bulldog, because she was predisposed <laughs> oh. to things, not just I, but disease um she started at eight months okay. so awesome. we'll, we'll see how, how they do and where can can we find you anywhere i mean <laughs> we can start can we start like where do you second? hang out I mean, look at this. Can, <laughs> what you can do is you can snapchat just like this we're live right now there's megan there's dr carmen there's me uh, <laughs> but it's snapchat you're done and so people can follow you yeah, and thanks. they can see what you're doing so okay. you should get on that i will today um i see that you're on twitter but you, i haven't seen anything you've wrote, written on there oh my God. i just <laughs> follow things okay i'm i like to you read. should follow me you should follow I'm, jake surfs <gasps> yeah. i thought i did I don't. I'll check. You're okay. really killing it on Twitter. You have hey. like over 10,000 followers. Wow. You know, a month ago you had like 60. Hey, I kind of know people now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, so if anybody wanted to contact you, is there any way to do that? Yeah, I have a, a clinic I co-own with my husband, the Jupiter Pet Emergency and Specialty Center on Central Boulevard in Jupiter. And if you're ever in town, you want to see an alligator in the back you, or <laughs> a crocodile, crocodile. crocodile, you might get a chance. Uh, Megan, where can people find you and learn more about us? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Megan Harris TV. But if you want to know more about The Alternative Daily, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even Pinterest at The Alternative Daily. You can download our podcast on our website, thealternativedaily.com, as well as on iTunes and SoundCloud. And while you're there, please leave us a review. And um, Steven's also been operating the YouTube channel. So we're YouTube? YouTube. Can we see the archives of all our old videos? Yes, you can. Oh, my God. If you'd like to see a graveyard of all of my videos <laughs> from when I first started working here, please uh, go to YouTube. YouTube.com <laughs> slash The Alternative Daily. And uh, as they said before, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Surfs and then also on Snapchat. <laughs> 
carney.jake and you'll find some just really really boring dad stuff on there and so some cool faces i make with no one that's about it but that's been it um episode 32 right steven in the books awesome. everything okay with the audio do we make it through <laughs> we'll see all right everybody have a good day hey guys Thank you. there we go Yay.